Welcome back to the Modern Cop Podcast. Doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I've got IG Live going right now. Uh, this is a, an episode that's going to uh, air when I am in Texas next week at the uh, Dallas Crimes Against Children Conference. Uh, so the purpose of this episode today is to basically open the floor. Whoever wants to, a uh, few people have joined in. Uh, we got Sergeant Tuttle. What's up, man? Who else we got down there? Hey, buddy. And a few other folks. Thanks for joining in. Uh, the uh, The whole point of today is to, uh, as I said, open the floor, let people come in and ask some questions, um, and really about anything. And so we'll just uh, we'll just talk. We'll give you a few more minutes here for people to uh, to join in. Maverick one zero one three. What's up, dude? Uh, let me know if you guys can hear me cause I'm talking in through a microphone. So those of you that are watching just a uh, thumbs up or, or let me know that I'm coming in. Okay. Um, cause I've never tried this before. So for all I know, the Bluetooth isn't even working. Uh, I did check previously to make sure that it would work. Uh, it seemed like it should work. So, uh, those of you that are watching, just let me know. Uh, let me know if you can hear me out there. I would greatly appreciate that. It's a little bit weird. I feel like, uh, uh, like I'm a radio show host or something. Uh, let's see. Am I coming through okay? Let's see if somebody will answer up. Can hear you fine. Sweet. Thank you, Maverick1013. Um, so, uh, yeah, anybody who's watching, we'll uh, we'll go there. So we'll do this for about 30 minutes or so uh, and just uh, see what, uh, what questions people have and if they want to come on the show to... Uh, uh, say anything. It's not, uh, the, the live portion, I mean, is what it is, but it's not being recorded. Uh, the only thing that's recorded is the, uh, the audio portion. So, um, anybody wants to, uh, to join in with me and, uh, and, uh, just lay it down, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll jump in. Um, one thing that, that hit on, uh, you know, kind of, I, I hit on a little bit today was, uh, like longevity of officers, um, and, uh, and, and burnout, and this seems to be a really hot topic as of late. I think it's been something that cops have dealt with since the beginning of policing. Um, but I don't. Would you rather fight one duck the size of Brock Lesnar or 20 Brock Lesnar's the size of duck? I'm taking 20 Brock Lesnar's the size of the size of a duck. Do you know how fucking terrifying a duck the size of Brock Lesnar would be? I'd shit myself. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I would, I would probably scream, uh, like a little girl. Um, so no, I will definitely take 20 Brock Lesnar's the size of ducks because I feel like you can get in some field goal style kicks there and, and take out at least a handful of them, like at least the first wave. Amen. I'm with you. Hell yeah. Uh, JD one, three, seven, five, six. Yeah, man. Uh, great question. I do love the entertainment. It, the, the funny questions, the entertaining questions definitely help break up, uh, you know, the more serious uh, tone, especially as of late on the show. Um, it's been, uh, uh, I, I, we just haven't been able to get around it, man. It, it's just been, been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, darkness and negativity out there. So, um, oh man, now I'm trying to. That's a that's a good play on the you know the horse sized duck or the duck sized horse questions and now I'm trying to think like what else is out there um, that uh, who <laughs> what 
what you want to talk about. What do you want to talk about, JD? Uh, uh, Rob James, Rob James Young, what's up, man? Appreciate you joining in. Um, uh, if you're not following Rob's account, check it out. Uh, Deputy One Time, what's up, boss? I uh, got to get you back on the show uh, uh, anytime you're anytime you're ready, man. Um, the uh, the old flags feeling uh, feeling a little lonely as of late. A lot of my guests have been. Uh, uh, remote and so they haven't been in to um sign my flag which a pin is mo- uh, is missing but if you come in the show i have you sign the flag um and you probably saw how absolutely uh, messy this room is so um how do we change the culture in law enforcement uh whew. well so i i would i would only ask to clarify there's a lot of, of cultural issues within law enforcement. What I, what I'd started to talk about before the Brock Lesnar and duck questions, uh, was even 20 years ago, which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. Um, burnout, I don't think was talked about as often as it is now. Uh, officer burnout, uh, detective burnout, what, what have you, I, hell, I don't envy my chief's job. I don't want, I don't want that. Um, the, the mental health aspect, it seems like anytime you bring up the, the mental health of an officer nowadays, it's largely supported, but there's still this, there's this old school mentality, all right? Like the, um, that, that, and not, not all the, uh, not all the cats have been around for a while, but there are some, there are some folks who basically look at it and go, you need to man the fuck up and just move on. Um, I'll join and discuss with you. Yeah, dude, let's do it up. Let me uh, go live. If it, uh, let's see here. Is it not wanting to work? I'm working on it, I promise. Go live. Why do you hate me? There we go. What's up, man? How's it going? Well, hello, sir. So, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the culture. What are we, uh, what are we talking about specifically here? Sorry. just kind of sprung on me. <laughs> Tell good night to my kids. Oh, well, good night kids. Good night, <laughs> let's go out here to my dry fire dungeon. Um, it's the, so I've listened to you a little bit. Um, and I think we have kind of somebody, somebody in common that we know, uh, five thirty two insight. Oh yeah. Chris, good dude. Yep. So, um, it's like the poo poo culture, right? Uh, uh, cause where I'm at currently, I deal with a lot of like new recruits, right? Okay. And, so these guys eager, ready to go, and you got to give a little bit of respect for for these these kids who are joining our profession, um, like in today's age, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so then they go out there and they hop in the passenger seat after graduating the academy, all gung ho, ready to go, and then you got, uh, you know, your four or five year veteran. Um, 
kind of just always kind of putting down, like trying to be better. And I'll give you a, a perfect case study. So I got like a three-year veteran. Um, he, on the side, prior to becoming a police officer, he's like, ah, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, just, I like guns. I, I worked at a gun store. I'm going to be a competitive, you know, I did some competitive shooting and uh, became a police officer. He thought it was a good profession. And so uh, he kept that hobby up after he became a police officer. And in my department, I work a little little east of you. Um, he he decides to. Uh, I don't know if you follow uh, Matt Pranka and X Ray Alpha. Uh, X Ray Alpha, yeah, sounds familiar. Yep. Yep, X Ray Alpha. So we hosted him at a class. This officer decides I want to attend that class. That's interesting to me. So he pays. Uh, close to a thousand dollars out of his own pocket to attend the class. He play pays to buy over twenty five hundred dollars worth of ammo to attend that class. He takes vacation time from his regular job to attend that class, and then he's got officers who's got you know five or six years seniority on him on his squad, uh, calling him a kiss ass for doing that, and that absolutely disgusts me. Um, and I think it's really based on ego. And, and so it, like, it infuriates me to see that people, like, as, as a law enforcement officer, the day I decided to raise my hand and, and, and swear to that oath, um, you know, if I was a competitive BMX rider before this, I have to then dedicate some of that time to my profession, whether it be, I don't care what it is. You're going to jump rope for 20 minutes a day and get stay in fit. You're going to dry fire a little bit. You're going to practice some combatives. You're going to do something outside of the 40 hours a week and stay off the blue welfare to dedicate some time to being a professional. If we want people to to treat us like professionals, if we want the citizens to act and treat us like professionals, if we want our coworkers to treat us like professionals, our supervisors to treat us like professionals, we need to act like professionals. And that takes a little bit of dedication outside of this. And yet when you have young officers who, you know, I mean, they're young and impressionable and they have, they have what they would look at as a senior officer telling him that you're a kiss ass for trying to better yourself. Like, how do we combat that shit? Cause that is un PG uneffing acceptable period. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it looks like the, the majority of people who are, are tuning in on, on Instagram here agree with you. Uh, as do I, I remember I had just gotten off of FTO. I was assigned to a graveyard team in, uh, what is my city's slowest precinct? Um, that that's not really a great place to stick a new officer because you're not learning a whole lot, right? The nights just sort of they they just sort of cruise by like molasses every now and then. And, and as of late, it's gotten a lot busier. So now it's it's actually probably an okay place. Um, but uh, 
our sister team uh, was uh, the squad of uh, some of the most senior officers on patrol. Um, and I, I met up with one of them after like a noise complaint call. And I, I felt like <laughs> I, I probably looked at, like I felt, which was like a kid who you take his water wings off and pitch his ass in the pool. Um, and I, I remember looking at this guy and I'm like, hey, man, like, what do you got for me? Like, you're looking at almost 30 years of service to this community. Like, what what do you suggest I do? And he went on a 45 minute tirade against the city, against the department, against uh, young officers because we're millennials. And it was, you know, it, it it's waned somewhat lately as as my generation gets older. But millennial for the longest time was was sort of spat out as an insult. Right. Um, right. And, and I, I can only hope that the culture will shift naturally. Right. As uh, like as the new crop comes in and as we have, uh, you know, supportive veteran officers, uh, yourself, Chris, 532, uh, you know, anybody who's been doing this job longer than a few years. I, I mean, hell, even the even the people that have done it for just a few years, when you're a two year officer, the kid fresh out of the academy looks up to you, whether you're pre- yeah. whether you're prepared for that or not, it, it is not up to you. That person's coming to you and ho- like, holy shit, you've been you've been doing this longer than me. Um, I think it's, it's something that might have to change just over time as, as some of the salty people get out. Those of us who have experienced that, whether you've experienced it yourself or you, you've witnessed it in action, you need to remember this as you progress through your law enforcement career so that you are not turning into the salty old bastard that nobody wants to be around. Um, uh, let's uh, so let's see austere tack man uh weigh in with positive input and be the kind of law enforcement officer uh who uh respects the new guy uh who who's respect the new guy want uh, versus a uh, dude how much have you drank tonight bro <laughs> i just had a stroke reading that <laughs> okay i <laughs> i think what he's getting <laughs> I, I love i love you brother I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to shit talk on you but um uh be a positive input and be the kind of cop uh, who respects the new guy versus somebody who's who's a hater, plain and simple. Rob James Young, I remember being told to to shut my mouth and answer up for calls for the first five years. Yeah, I, I'm lucky enough to work at an agency that, uh, by and large, supp- not enough yet. Amen, dude. I got a I got a warrant uh, service to be at at six a.m. So I'm not drinking tonight, um, and it, it saddens me to no end. But it is what it is. Um, rookie move. Rookie move. <laughs> rookie move. Rookie move. Um, yeah, so shut, shut your mouth and answer up for calls for the first five years. What my uh, FTO in the detective bureau remembers being an OIT who uh, wasn't allowed to eat with the FTOs. And he was, I think, one of like maybe two or three OITs at the time that his, his little group went through the FTO process. And they were shunned off to the side like a little kid's table at Thanksgiving, uh, except they also looked like they were treated like they had fucking leprosy. Um, and... 11 years on, he remembers that that has stuck with him. And that still formulates a, 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 the, the foundation of his opinion on some of those those FTOs who are now, you know, administrative or command staff members. Right. And that's shitty because m- maybe they've changed. May- I think maybe it's a maturity issue to a point. But then again, you get you get these cats who've been in for 30, you know, 25, 30 years who are some of the crustiest people on, on board and they're, and they're just constantly driving you down. See, uh, 
uh, Maverick, the amount of uh, people coming back to me uh, telling me about discouragement just when mentioning going to school or the academy. Yeah, so, and that um, that even precludes, I was just talking to my buddy Derek, uh, literally right before I logged on, I was talking to him about this. I was in college at Arizona State getting my, uh, my uh, criminal justice degree and my public administration professor, uh, I don't remember his last name as Eric, seemed like a nice enough dude to start with, but it was like his mission. And granted, this is like 2000, uh, like 2014 ish. So, uh, you know, right around Ferguson, um, it was like his daily mission to shit on cops. Like, dude, you're teaching a public administration class. Half your class are cops or going to be cops. And, and you're over here just constantly bogging us down. And, and that, that that's that's a culture outside of law enforcement, but that's almost like your first exposure to it. If if you're like me and you decide you want to go to college before you you try to apply, um, you get a, you, you your professors might be the ones to give you that that first taste of what you might experience uh, uh, answering up for calls on the road. Uh, not, certainly not everywhere in the United States, but um, no, the cultural issue, man. It's uh, I, unfortunately, there is no, there's no quick solution to it. I, I, I don't think, and I hope I'm wrong, but I mean, I, I know dudes who you pay out of pocket for your own training. You do everything that you can to make yourself better. And then you get people looking at you like, why don't you have a life outside of the job? Like, I'm trying to make sure I survive this job, man. And, and like you said, it's, it's going to the gym or it's uh, going shooting, um, you know, whatever the case, uh, uh, maybe deputy one time, there is so much to pack on this. There really is there. I mean, this is a, a several hour long, long show. Oh, you're, I think you're, you're cutting out there. Try again. I know I was agreeing with you completely. There's a tons of stuff to unpack there, you know, and, and that's the hard part. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't know me for Adam. Um, no, but you've got a beard, and so I'm automatically jealous of you, and I, I, I just look up to you because you have a beard, and I can't grow facial hair, so. <laughs> it's all gray, you know. It's gray as, a, <laughs> as to do with the job. It has to do with father, yeah. <laughs> fatherhood. Yeah, no, I have, a, I have a two-year-old, and I've got my grays coming in on my temple here, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait till they're 18 and 16. You'll be fully gray and bald. <laughs> um, so. Like I said, I've been, um, you know, um, I have been a law enforcement officer for coming up on 22 years. Um, I've done a few things. I spent uh, about 15 years on a SWAT team. Um, and in my city, we, at, at one point, we were part-time SWAT. So during that time, I actually worked undercover and spent most of my time in your city. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> We could swing a dead cat in that area and not hit a drug trafficker. Um, um, but, you know, so, like, I've, I've done some things over there. Now I'm currently at our, our um, range facility, so I, I teach our recruits. And, you know, that I think as far as, um, like, reaching those people, because like you said, you know, these recruits, if they get out, they're going to look at somebody who's got two years is like, wow, 
wow, that's somebody special. They, cause they may not even know that they only have a year or like that guy just graduated from the last class and he just got off the FDO. Mm-hmm. They'll just know that guy's been around. Um, so, um, one of the last classes that just graduated, I was super impressed with those kids. Uh, they, they've already, uh, you know, on my spare time, I, I try to do some competitive shooting, not very good at it, but, uh, Morgan Gunnell, I see you, you popped in here. That guy, that guy shoots like nobody's business. Um, but, uh, you know, I just try to get them like motivated in doing something outside of this. So I, I talked to them all. I had one, one recruit, like on the last day of our firearms training, uh, this recruit said, Hey, you know, can you give me some advice about like longevity in this career? And I was like, sure, I'll give you a couple little bit. One, I'm get, the first piece of advice I'm going to give you is learn what your base pay is and learn how to actually live comfortably off your base pay. Because we, I know you've seen it, like dudes that just have to suck up off duty and direct traffic in the middle of busy intersections like every weekend just to make their bills pay because they can't figure out how to do a budget. Yep. Right? Yep. First things first is just learn how to live comfortably and happily and contently off your base pay. And then pick up overtime for the fun shit you want to do. Absolutely. Top of that, like just Try to remain positive about this job. Understand when you raised your hand and you said, I will defend that you have to dedicate some of your time. I just had the recruits out at, at the academy or at the range today after a full day of training. And I said, do me a favor that at the end of this weekend on Sunday afternoon, just look at your phone. Tell me how much screen time you had. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor and just dedicate half, just half of that screen time on your phone scrolling to doing, making yourself better. Because the people that impress me, and and I am not an original thinker by any means, but I, I understand a good idea when I see it. And I've heard people say, one of the things I said was, um, I heard was X-Ray Alpha said, you know, the people that amaze me, and it really does when I heard it, is the accountant or the lady who works at the front desk as a secretary for a doctor's office, who's a master crack class or a grandmaster shooter. That lady has no external motivation to be incredibly proficient with a firearm, period. Like what she needs to be is incredibly proficient with a number calculator. Right. But she is, far more proficient than 98% of the law enforcement officers in this country with a firearm. Like what motivates her to do that? And why can we not get officers to just give us one quarter of that motivation? Well, you look at, uh, Oh, go ahead. It's their job. Right. But you look at, you look at Eli Dickin right out in Indiana, uh, 10 shots, eight hits, 40 yards across a crowded food court with a whole lot of white noise, right? A whole lot of people running around, uh, adrenaline uh, 
has absolutely spiked on this kid, probably in a way that he's never even felt before. And he manages to deliver an 80% hit rate. I challenge any police officer to match that. And unfortunately, there aren't that many that are going to do it. (laughs) No, I would love for law enforcement to get anywhere. I would love for law enforcement to get, listen to this, people, half of that hit rate. Yeah. Half of that would double our hit rate. Yeah. And and I mean, that's that's a whole other. Again, we talk about culture like uh, and how much of it, how much uh, or excuse me, how big of a topic that is to unpack. I mean, you get people who go to qual. Hey, you just got to go shoot. That's all you're doing is shooting a gun. That's I I tell people all the time. And I'm, I'm not a range instructor. I just happen to really enjoy shooting guns and getting paid to do it and not having to buy the ammo that I shoot. <laughs> uh, but it's like, hey, you're sitting here completely stressed out over over a qual in a controlled environment. We have an air conditioned range like there's no external stress put upon you. Everything you're feeling is internal. You're concerned whether or not you're going to be able to to perform and and hit the the minimum, you know, what 220 or whatever it is. Uh, don't strive for the minimum. No, nah, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot a 250. Walk into that confidently. And maybe yeah. maybe just maybe you need to put in some range time outside of your qual. You can't just show up once a year and expect to drill a 250 and and just walk on and be like, "Cool, I'm done for the year, guys." Like that that's another cultural issue that needs to change is that you you look, cops in America have guns. That it is what it is. It, it's it's just a part of our our response and our capabilities. Uh, it, it should not be looked upon as a hindrance to you. Um, which again, there's another cultural thing there. We we were talking about this at work the other day. Is um, do you start to to maybe look at expanding your workforce to have say uh, uh, detectives who who aren't sworn? So they're not detectives, but they're like civilian investigators. Uh, who yep. who hand off uh, you know like felony packets to to you know one or two detectives for charging summaries or whatever the case may be and, and maybe that's an option but so long as you're carrying a firearm you've taken it upon yourself uh, to uh, to swear an oath regardless of what the Supreme Court said that law enforcement officers don't have an obligation or a duty to protect people we do we failed to do that in in Uvalde Texas uh, there there was a there was a breakdown and a failure there I I don't. I, again, I don't want to put myself in those guys' boots. Uh, I can't imagine the the what's going through their mind and how they feel. And I'm, you know, I haven't worked my way through the 11 and a half hour Texas Senate hearing yet, but I, I'm going to go to Texas here next week. And I have to imagine it's probably going to come up with some of the local guys out there. Um, actually, it's not even a week. It's like four days. But um, again, you know, you talk about um, uh, cultural issues and and. I, I, there it just is so much to unpack and so much to talk about with just the culture of law enforcement again i mean you're you're fairly local man i'm just gonna have you come out so you can sign the flag we'll sit and we'll drink my we'll drink bourbon and talk about this for a couple hours yeah i'd be i'd be down to hell yeah yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll get some uh we'll get some good whiskey and i did just get a bottle of blanton's so uh we'll crack that open Sounds good to me. I don't know what that is. I don't drink whiskey, but I will on occasion. Okay, okay. I will. I will spoil the shit out of you. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be. I'll 
be Ubering my way over there. Deal. I like it. Hey, see, we are responsible individuals. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, hey, brother, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm going to see if anybody else wants to uh, wants to chat for a little bit. All right. Um, I will send me a message. We'll get you on the show. Right on. Be safe, brothers. All right. Likewise, man. <laughs> you, you bastard. Hey, we're... Can I not? Uh, there we go. Come here, Chief. Where are you? Wait, probably laying in bed or something like that. I don't know. What do Chiefs do? Go live with Deputy one time. Well, while we're waiting for, there he is. Hey, brother. You driving right now? Oh, you're sitting on a plane. Fun. <laughs> well, when you get back down on the ground uh, and, and get back over here, we'll have you on the show, but I will let you get back to enjoying your flight. All right, man. Talk All right. You later. See ya. Bye. Uh, yeah, Chirac, hell yeah. <laughs> Anybody else who wants to jump on, just uh, just shoot me a, a little comment down here. We'll we'll bring you on. The culture of law enforcement is something. We eat our own uh, deputy one time. Uh, he and, and American Sheriff, the, the leadership of Pinal County Sheriff's Office, um, uh, truly solid examples of what leadership should be in law enforcement. Um, uh, and... Oh. <laughs> see um without without people like them to to set the example of, of what leadership should look like um being a cop would probably be a lot less fun i don't work for him uh certainly if i if i was told hey you gotta you gotta pick somebody else to work for or pick another agency i would go there in a heartbeat um uh, i love my own agency uh that is that is not a knock on my own agency but but if it was you know again hypothetical hey you gotta go work somewhere else pcso is, is where i'd wander off to um, but the, the culture of law enforcement, what chief Thomas had said, it, it, we're it, crabs in a bucket, right? Or it's the, the whole thing. There's a scene in, um, uh, I can't even remember which of the newer James Bond movies it is, but, uh, he, uh, Javier Bardem's character talks about, uh, uh, rats in a bucket and, and how there's, there's only two rats left, uh, at the end of the day and they only have a taste, uh, for rats and it's a little bit much, but, um, we, we tend to eat our own. I see a sewing shop there. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, brother. What you got? Uh, not much. Um, I, I just wanted to talk about, like, there's it. So it seemed like the core of um, what 532 there was, was talking about is just kind of, like the, the the hate we catch from like within the ranks, man, and and I try to encourage people like like we, we don't have any friends right now. Like nobody else has really got our our backs but us. So we we owe it to ourselves not to tear each other down. Right. And and I think there's a lot more to go into it in terms of you know what we can do to 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 get guys into into the job and invested in the job and, and committed to the job such that, um, you know, they end up 
being, you know, successful career Leos. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I think a lot of it starts with, um, that sort of attitude and, um, you know, without, uh, go out, going into specifics, you know, I'm supposed to keep my agency on, on the DL, but we have a very long history, you know, like, the, the, the agents even bragged about being all oh, paramilitary or you know, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Um, and, you know, w- with that, with that history, with that mentality, like this, this long sort of tradition of being, being shitty to new guys. I don't understand what it is. Like that's one of the reasons why I chose to step up and be an FTO. It's like, you know, um, we, we, we owe it to ourselves, really. We owe it to ourselves to, to train up and and to incentivize, or not necessarily incentivize, but to motivate better backup, man. Like, at, I, I just don't understand why there's, there's got to be so much, so much negativity for each other. Like, I get, you know, there's, there's dynamics that exist. Um, when you have a, a small group of human beings, especially uh, doing a stressful job or you're seeing the same people every day like that, you know, um, people call it like the high school dynamic, you know, yeah. so it's just like high school. Well, I mean, I've, I've never really been anywhere where it wasn't like high school because whenever you get the same group of people together on a daily basis, like they all, people just act like that, man. Um, and I, I think you're right. We need to like rise above that, but uh, we need to just uh, we need to stop stop the hating on each other, man. Yeah, we got to stop fucking bringing each other down, dude. I mean, I, you talk about cultural issues, and I think that's one of our biggest our biggest uh, problems is is the na- like razzing each other, dogging on each other. I mean, that's that's going to come with the territory. You got to have thick skin to do this job, man. Ain't no ain't no two ways about it. You've got to be able to. Uh, to, to give and take. Right. And, and, but, but smoking and joking with one another is different than, than just, just digging that fucking knife in time after time after time. And especially if you're in the role of, of somebody who's, who's training, teaching, instructing, whatever the case may be, if you're an FTO, you shouldn't be out there looking at your new guy wondering, Hey, it is my goal to make you quit your job. I have encountered people who approach field training like that. Um, where? Yeah, like um, uh, I don't, I don't know if if you or anybody else listening has has occurred the the whole thing about you know, like the FTO going to McDonald's and making the trainees go and get a get a fucking application. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ne- negative, negative. You know, and um, like we we are the ones in that position. Like since the, since conversations kind of come around to that, um, we are the ones in that position. Like we are going to set the tone for um like the entire rest of the career and like honestly you know i'm, I'm just gonna be real real my, like my my fto dropped the ball for me i got i had to teach myself a significant portion of the job and um i had i had to like dig deep and find that work ethic within myself because it was not imparted to me during uh ftu and so that's something that i've been very explicit like you know right up front with my um my trainees like look you know if there's one thing i can teach you it's just just go do the damn work but also i want to give you i want to make sure you know i'll ask them like hey 
what don't you, what aspects of the job don't you feel confident in? What, you know, what area do you want to see? Like, like you tell me what, what do you need? Because it's up to me. Like I have a significant responsibility to you guys. And that's something that I think that people in, in training or, or even leadership don't fail to realize is like, that is a position of responsibility to the people that you are forming, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, scuba voyager. I think you're right. I I, I think that's it. It's ego. It's like I'll, I told I told my trainees a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, look, guys, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to act any any sort of way. Like I already know that, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm better in my job right now than like all of you put together. So I don't I I have I have nothing to prove. Uh, I just want to show you guys how to do it, and um and my hope is that you guys one day get as good as me. Um. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really understand it. Maybe it's because I don't, I don't feel the need. I, I've, my, my competence and my work ethic stands for itself. You know, if you ask around, like everybody knows that, you know, I get the job done. I don't need to be that ego. Right. And I mean, like there, there we're getting dangerously close to like, you know, not just a, like, cultural issue within law enforcement, but a societal issue, right? Right? Just like how there's so many mechanisms within society that feed narcissism. Um, and like we can see it destructive influences and it it's amplified even more when you're talking about a job where there's very real consequences. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you, dude. I, I think the ego thing. I mean, you you need to have confidence to do this job, right? That's preached in the academy because it, you can't be meek and timid and be a successful police officer. You will get chewed up and spit out. There's just no two ways about it. But being confident and being overconfident are are two different things, right? You've got to be able to differentiate between the two. And going back to to the previous conversation that I had. Uh, here, here on on the the live here, um, the whole salty bastard. You know, uh, you I think you end up with just a reciprocating issue because you've got FTOs, salty FTOs that treat their OITs like shit, and then those new officers get that chip on their shoulder, or they think that that that's the example that was set for me. So okay, I'm supposed to try to make my trainee quit. I'm supposed to go get them a McDonald's application. What, whatever the fuck fuck games are. And then they become an FTO five, six, seven years down the line, hell three years down the line anymore. Like that's just how it's going down. Our, you know, departments are getting younger and younger with, with less and less time on before they advance. Um, but, but for these, you, you've got to, you've got to make the changes that I think at all levels, right? It starts in the Academy. Um, I mean, I had a great Academy sergeant who made sure, Hey, you're, you don't get to put on, put on a badge and think that you're the best fucking thing to ever walk the planet. That's not how it works. Do your job, do it well, uh, check your ego, check your attitude and, and just constantly be learning. And I think you get people to the point where they're like, yeah, there's nothing more you can teach me. I'm the best fucking thing there is, you know, the Ricky Bobby speech type of thing. Um, you know, wake up in the morning and piss excellence like that. No, dude, that's, that's not a thing, man. You've got to you've got to be willing to to teach your trainee and remember that you're not only teaching them how to be a police officer in the sense of like 
this is how you write a report and this is how you arrest somebody, but you're teaching them how to be a human being put into extraordinary circumstances. You know? Yeah. 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 So like, I actually, you know, um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I actually had a really, I had a really embarrassing moment at one point during FTU. And I, you know, I turned it into an example, like, look, like we're all going to fail. Even, even me, you know, like 11 years in, you know, I'll, I'll make mistakes. But when you fail, you know, learn from it, like don't waste it and fail quickly. Um, I, uh, I was in a different ride. Uh, like our, our FTU fleet is, is all different. And, um, there was a, I'm also not used to throwing on a code three whaler passenger seat. Right. So I flip it over and I've only got the lights on. I don't actually have the, the siren on or, or, or something like that. And then we're trying to run code to back up like an arms, you know, uh, a local PD on an armed subject call. Why isn't, why aren't these assholes moving out of the way? And then I look down I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> I've done that. Uh... I'm like, all right, well, we'll fix it, you know, throw the, you know, throw the whaler on, continue on. But then I'm like, look, guys, I mean, you know, whether, you know, just something I'm, yeah, just a little brain fart. Like it all happens to us. It's never, it's never not going to happen to you. You know, I turn that into a teaching moment. Like, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, but when you fail, like you better believe I'm never going to make that mistake again and right. sort of like, move forward from that. Um, right. I, I got, I got my ass chewed out three times on FTO. Uh, and each time it was deserved and I learned from it and my FTO and I moved on from that. Right. We didn't sit there and like, I didn't, hate them or bitch at them. I have a great relationship with all three of those. Hell, I work for one of them. He's my direct supervisor now because he promoted. Um, uh, so, but again, like you get people like I was talking about before, one of my partners doesn't have very strong, like positive opinions of some of the people who were his FTOs because of the way that, that he and the other OITs were treated at the time, which was like, Nope, you're not one of us. You're not a real person. Go sit down. Um, yeah, and that's that. You just can't. You just can't do that shit anymore. You know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Maverick ten thirteen. Even a bigger issue is not just salty FTOs, uh, but salty retired vets are almost retired uh, that then go and teach at schools or colleges and the academy, teaching their opinion as as opposed to uh, legit teaching. Yeah. Amen. Um, I make sure to tell people. Um, you know, if you're going to go and teach, if somebody asks you for your opinion preface it, this is my opinion, and then tell them. Um, but if you're there to teach a subject, teach the subject, right? It's like writing a police report. Opinion does not belong in a police report. Your police report is to document the facts and circumstances of your investigation, whatever it may be. Uh, not that, uh, oh, well, this person uh, was emotional or uh, this person appeared to be emotional. They had tears coming out of their eyes. They're, uh, they, they were sobbing. That's all. Those are all direct views. And then put something in there that, uh, you know, oh, well, their uh, their emotional state was not consistent with X, Y, Z. That's not for, for you to decide. Similarly, if you're going to go and teach at a college or a school and you're going to get up there and teach about law enforcement, I don't think that it's a good idea for you to get up there and be like, yeah, and when I was a cop, uh, you know, these bastards, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. Um, I, I, I don't have a great example of... of of what a salty uh, veteran uh, officer may uh, may teach, but uh, as yeah, Maverick ten thirteen takes good potential candidates out before they even begin. Amen. Um, 
I uh, used to run into the security guard a lot at a Walmart shock. Good ones and a bad one. Right. Well, I used to run into the security guard a lot, and and dude was was fit. He was uh, he was smart. Um, uh, he had he always had a solid attitude, um, and he he was a young guy. And I'm like, hey, dude, leave leave the security game behind and come come work for us. And he was like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. Just the way like the perception that I'm getting, I don't know if now is the right time for me to be a cop. Well, shit. I lost a, a candidate for my agency before I was ever even able to to convince the guy to come on a ride along because he'd already had this predisposition to to see law enforcement as uh, just, you know, whatever's shown on on the five o'clock news. Uh, similarly, you get these college professors who are in there going, yeah, here's all the reasons cops suck. And then you're going to get somebody who's in college and quite frankly, impressionable. Right. I thought I was the most mature fucking person in college. Uh I was wrong. I, I wasn't, um, you, you were, you're subject to your, your thoughts and opinions are going to change on things. You're, you're going to change your mind. Um, and to have this college professor up there, like, like my college professor, he and I came to a head multiple times, um, you know, in the middle of class, like not quite shouting matches, but just like, Hey dude, I, I don't think that this is you're not, you're supposed to be teaching public administration. You've just spent an hour and a half telling me why cops suck. That that's not, that's not a one-to-one, uh, Maverick 1013. I'm a CJ professor. The story is about trying to do good work as a professor right now. Oh, hell, uh, Andrew, I, you gotta get, you gotta come back on the show, man. I realized looking at my flag, you haven't been on in like a year. Um, but I'm going to Maverick, if you're good with it, dude, I'm going to bring you on. Um, uh, Andrew, thank you for coming on the show, man. I do really appreciate you. Um, and I want yep. you I want you to come back over here and and drink my alcohol with me. All right, sounds good, man. All right, man. Catch you later, Maverick. I'm coming for you. All righty. All right. See you later, later brother. We get a few more people on uh, uh, here in a little bit, and then I'm going to. Uh, uh, How do I go away? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna close out of IG. Just gonna uh, close out of IG, and then and then you can come back in. That that'll probably work. Right. All right. Take care. You. Stay safe, bro. You too, brother. Bye. Bye. I think I'm having uh, some of the most fun I have ever had on a show, uh, Maverick. I am trying to bring you on, but now it's just there. We go. It was just. Uh, austere Tackbed's face frozen on my screen there for a minute. <laughs> so, going live with Maverick 1013. Were you one of my criminal justice professors? That'd be weird. There are, while I wait for him to answer up on the live, I mean, and, and, and this conversation, this is how my, how my show goes, is that we, we go down various rabbit holes, but I had really positive experiences with a lot of my criminal justice professors. Um, uh, I got you, dude. All good. No worries. We'll get you on another time. Um, maybe sometime in the future. Sounds good, man. Uh, not in a place I can talk. No worries. If we get whiskey, I'm in. Well, Jason, are you available to come on right now? Scuba voyage. Uh, just listening. All good, man. No, I, I, I appreciate that, man. We'll get you on another time. Uh, I'm having a great time doing this. This is the first time I've ever done an episode like this. Um, where I, uh, where I bring people on, um, uh, art, how's it going, sir? Uh, border patrol council, uh, appreciate all the work that, uh, that you're doing for, for the boys down there. Uh, sure. You're on your bike. We'll see if, uh, if your audio is, is terrible, uh, with the, with the wind in your hair, then we'll, uh, we'll probably have to, uh, 
to to try it another time, but I'm willing to try right now. Um, so while there you because it's a lot smaller. Uh, they working. There you go. Hey, bud. So you're trying to not die. <laughs> <laughs> when you said bike, I was like, it's going to be windy as shit out there. But no, you're on you're on a bike in your house, so that works too. I can hear you just fine. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching this uh, watching this pool in the Philippines while I'm on a bike in a garage. But hey, it's all good. <laughs> so what you got, Jace? Oh, not much, man. Good shit. Yeah, it's funny. I wasn't shitting about his shirt, though, ironically. Yeah, so so Scuba Voyage is wearing an austere tack med shirt. Uh, uh, we, all, we all just wear each other's clothing, not in a weird way or anything like that. It's not one of those these aren't my pants moments. It's just we try to support well, folks. Well, it's not like, yeah. Yeah, we didn't say wear it first and then send it to me. That's when it gets weird, right? <laughs> hey, well, what are these questionable stains? <laughs> Next thing you know, we're buying our own shit out of vending machines. <laughs> right, right. It's it's not. Uh, oh, dude, that's probably probably not that far away. So, uh, but uh, but uh, I mean, with with uh, with your experiences, man. I mean, what do you see culturally that that needs to shift? Well, I mean, again, you know, everybody's got their, their views. I I was fortunate enough and got into the med side too. And you know, there's sorry, I'm out of breath, so it's going to sound like shit when I'm talking here, but. Um, <laughs> You know, a lot of it, like, even when I teach adult EMT classes, right, I'll just start there. Like, the amount of bias that walks in a room, and we all bitch about the bias and some of that stuff sometimes. And I think, you know, that that's the thing we do to our own selves, right? Oh, if you're not this group, you're not this agency, you don't make this much. I mean, it's just bullshit, right? Like, build each other up. Um, you know, I think I on the right point. Don't be a shit. Like, you don't have to feed your ego to train somebody. And I don't right. need to tell war stories. I don't need to post my shit for me, right? Everybody's got their their thing, but you know, I think that's the thing we got to remember is just you know, just bring each other up. It's really not that fucking hard to be nice, even if even if you don't. How many times do we work with somebody that you know we know they got our back? We may not be best friends. I'm not gonna hang out at holidays with you, but there's no reason we can't you know be there for each other and and deal with that shit together. Versus you know building animosity and and shitting on them when they're young. I just don't agree. And I think it's, it's weak in my opinion. It's, it's easy being asked, right? But it's a lot harder to, you know, try to pass it on to them. Let them show you maybe a different way that we can form that. So it works for their generation shit like that. So I don't know. I think, I think you guys are dead on, you know, just be good to each other is the biggest thing. Like I said, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> hey, you're doing, but, you're doing uh, more cardio work today than I've done. So good for you. <laughs> uh, well, I tried to fucking die on you in February, so <laughs> at this stage, I'm just trying to get my lungs back. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, you see the shit, like I said, we eat our own. I see that shit all the time with with the 2A stuff online, and we're all in this, make each other better, or others better. Like, why do you gotta, why are you so threatened by that? Yeah. I'm fucking stoked that I get students now that are running around as, you know, medics, and whether they just stayed a regular medic in a hospital, or they're out there fucking doing ranger shit with it, which I have. And, uh, they're better than me, man. That's fucking awesome. I mean, how cool is that? That like, you know, you, you help shape somebody become better and pass that thing on and not be a shit back to somebody else. Right. Right. And, and I think that's, that's the win. Right. And it's not, you know, I'm proud of that. Right. Not a proud of like, well, they do it my way or it's Jason's way or it's whoever's way. Like I just find that shit to be waste. Like, 
we're, we're going to be the ones sitting back bitching that there's a certain way. Well, that was on us. We didn't give it to him, right? Right. We celebrate that shit. If they're, if they're kicking your ass at it, fuck, man, I'm stoked. Like, they did it, you know? And, yeah. uh, you have a part in shaping them instead of making some, somebody just hates the job. And I'll tell you, man, my biggest thing as an instructor is we not the ones that you just know, they're just not built for it mentally, right? Like you said. And the last thing I want as an instructor is that call that, that they off themselves or, or whatever, because, you know, we were sharing a bunch of bravado bullshit stories and they felt they had to be part of that. And that's just not for them. So, you know, I, I think it's just like that. Build them strong. They'll be stronger. Celebrate that shit. Our days all come. We're all going to step out of the game. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm and, no better than anybody else. I'm always learning this way. I look at it. So. Well, and in, in thinking about, I mean, you hit on a good point and, and I would, I, uh, you know, build off of what you and what, what Andrew from austere tack med said is, is, uh, as an FTO, he wants to get, he wants to get his trainees to, to be, you know, at at his level, to be as proficient as, as he is and proficient as they can be. And I say, absolutely, but take it the next step further, man. You want your trainees to be more successful than you. That, that should be your goal, uh, is so, uh, uh, well, you don't, you don't want to wig them out and be all weird about it. Like they're your kids, but what do you want for your children? If you have them, right. Right. To be better. I mean, you know, I was, I was 50%. I mean, one's in the army, loves it doing well. I've already got it. The other one, you know, I didn't go the way we wanted. He became a firefighter. I mean, I'll miss him, but, uh, Anyways, he's kicking ass, right? <laughs> All right, Joe, I have to get in there. <laughs> well, we'll uh, he's yeah, in, you got to right <laughs> yeah, you got to play around with it. It's cool. I mean, he's gonna go and 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 have yeah. all the awesome Thanksgivings and cook and all yeah. that good stuff, and and we're gonna eat in our cars. Yeah. That's okay. You know, we all made yeah. our choices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our so our Gatorade's warm and theirs is cold, right? We'll, we'll get along. Yeah, we'll we'll get along yeah, just no. fine. But it's just like that, right? Like we always want better for them. And, and I think you should just want the same. And I had those kind of leaders. And I think that, like I said, it shapes it. I mean, the toughest FPO I had is arguably my kid's uncle, you know, at this point. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't, there were times, like you said, you know, you're like telling you go home, like, man, I thought I had that shit and that was not good. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and then they build you up. They let you soak in that a little bit. It's not about humiliation. And then boom, on to the next, you know? And, uh, I think that's what we owe each other. And it's sad. Like I said, when these guys get these, like pick up an application or get shit on or get dropped off somewhere, you know, like what, what the hell is that proving? Nothing, you know? And, uh, so yeah, again, there's pranks. They got to know that. Got to have some thick skin. We got to have some fun, but you as a leader need to know, you know, where's the line. Cause yeah. I mean, I'll arguably say too, we're building some soft ones, which is not good. Right. That right. shiny thing doesn't mean shit on the street. It just doesn't mean anything. Right. It's a, it's a target. Like, so, you know, like you get a, you get a warrant and then they're asking shit <laughs> like for a supervisor. What, what the fuck's the question on this? Right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's really not that, that complex. Too, like, <laughs> you, you've got a document, yeah, you know, you've got a document telling you to arrest that person. And it was <laughs> likely signed yeah, by a judge. Shall is pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> shall, not might, not maybe. Let me call it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you, Anyways, shall, I mean, shall means will. All right. Did we clear that one up? Good. Let's move on yeah, to the next one. Exactly. Exactly. And in your world, I'm sure you love that when you get that report, you did what? <laughs> yeah, no, no it, ha- it happens from time to time as I'm reading some reports, man. But again, like it comes into uh, John Hop. Yes, real quick. Sorry, man. That is a Seiko. Uh, it's 6309, I believe is the reference number. It was a, a gift from uh, my Very dad. Nice. Uh, he, he bought it back in the 80s and he gifted it to me a few years back. And so I wear this thing constantly. Um, quick 
we'll get a quick we'll get a quick story about the Seiko and and my my relationship yeah. with this watch here shortly. But um, but even when I when I as a detective when I get reports from patrol, if they're just like if there's something wrong or there's something that could have been done better, it's a simple email to be like, hey bro, uh, regarding your report, get with me when you can. Um, you know, no rush if you have time. And, and then it's and then it's hey man, in the future, instead of ABC. I want to see X, Y, Z. Like we, it would really be helpful to us to see X, Y, Z. And here's why. Yeah. Don't just sit there and be like, "Hey, yeah. hey, dipshit, why'd you do it this way?" That's not gonna, that's gonna destroy any relationship yeah. that this guy has. He's probably gonna look at, you know, from a patrol standpoint, as all detectives are douchebags, um, and he's not gonna learn anything from it. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, you know, there's, there's a time for a dipshit after about the second or third time you have to tell us to do that shit. Right. I mean, that, right. That, that's when it like, becomes fair, but yeah, set the tone, right? Like you built, you built your bridge. Exactly. You yeah. know, so let them ride on. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think, I think you guys are just dead on the last ones. I don't know. I mean, I, I think just celebrate it. And again, you know, we'll get there. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good people. I, I think, that's one thing I always try to keep my mind. And someone once told me, you know, that 10% of the time, maybe 20 these days, it's a you know hundred percent shit, but the other 80%, there's still a lot of, a lot of good people. And, and believe it or not, sometimes good people fuck up or have accidents or end up in a medical, you know, like things happen. So we just got to step away. It's easy to bitch them on. It's a lot yeah. harder for us to figure out. Fix it. In fact, I think and, that, uh, uh, I think that cops, uh, out of tradition, bitch and moan about things. We're not happy unless we're unhappy. So sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're like the Eeyores, right? I right. Don't know. <laughs> I guess so. And that's another cultural issue that, see, uh, this is why I, here I, I tell my wife, yeah, babe, let me go record for 30 minutes and then I'll come up and here I am an hour into this. <laughs> uh, peach, peach the fuzz. What's up, man? Uh, all right, Jace, I'm going to sign off, man. I'm going to uh, uh, yeah. uh, work on, on closing this one out. Uh, I will do this again, though. I had a lot of fun. Uh, those of you that chimed into this or, or tuned in, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, and those of you that are listening to this, um, uh, uh, when it drops, which it's, uh, it's currently Wednesday, the third, and I believe it's going to drop, uh, next Tuesday. Um, likewise, if you're out in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I, I won't have a car and I will be at a conference, but my nights are free, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, oh, I paused my live recording. There's my phone's dying. Um, but uh, if you're anybody listening is uh, out at the uh, the Dallas Crimes Against Children conference, I will be out there uh, again in Sunday night and I will be out there until Thursday. And then I move on up to uh, Austin uh, to to check out Austin because I've never been before. So uh, if anybody listening to uh, either the Instagram live or, or this episode on the podcast, uh, if you're in those areas, I'll have patches with me. So hit me up. I uh, will uh, we'll link up and, uh, and at least shake hands. And if we've got time for a drink, then that's always good, too. Um, and uh, uh, we'll just keep on doing this. I plan on, I will probably do this now as a, uh, maybe like an every other week thing. We'll get, we'll get Jason on the bike. I'm actually just going to bring Jason's bike into my podcast studio and clip the microphone to his yeah, handlebars. You want, you want, you want in on that? Here we got to get a little uh, shout out to Kevin and, you know, uh, yeah. Hey, Ed, shout out, shout out to Kevin over at black mass divers. Uh, that was the, I think the first like remote podcast interview that I did any, yeah. um, uh, is just an awesome dude. I, uh, uh, Kevin and yeah, Jason, Kevin and Kevin and Jason, uh, for those of you who don't follow black mass divers, uh, or scuba voyage, check him out. 
Uh, so I, I, uh, I still count myself as a scuba diver, but I was diving in Kauai last April and, uh, never happened to me before I had a panic attack. I only got down about 25 feet under and, uh, just, I don't know what the fuck happened. I completely lost my marbles, but both Kevin and Jason reached out and have offered to, uh, to, to correct me and, and, and help me get past that. And, uh, I, I don't quite know if they're going to do the whole like, Hey, uh, Navy SEAL training, let's tie your ankles and your hands together and drop you in the pool and see what happens. Uh, but I'm going to let, uh, Jason, uh, uh, get me all fixed up before I head out to, uh, to St. Lucia next April. So, uh, I will. Yeah, you can't, you can't waste that water, your friend. You oh, get no, water. no, I, I've seen pictures of that water and I will be under it. I will be diving those reefs, uh, 100%. So, yeah. Uh, that's the only time we're going to give you that field training is if you go and F that up and don't die there. So, yeah, well, I, and you know what, uh, uh, worse places to kick the bucket than, uh, than St. Lucia, I suppose. So, <laughs> and I'm going to a sandals, yeah, I'm going to a sandals resort and they've, uh, they've actually, uh, managed to, to lose a few guests. So hopefully I'm not amongst them, but, uh, I've got some time, <laughs> got some, it's all good. got some time to, uh, to prepare myself uh, to everybody that uh, that joined in. Uh, I appreciate each and every single one of you listening in. stand by as we approach the fall for the good cops giveaway. Uh, we uh, I say we a lot. It, it's just me. I, I'm the only person here. Um, we as in the collective people who are coming together to 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 put this uh, uh, giveaway on uh, some of the same folks you saw last year uh, as far as vendors and individuals making donations hoping to get even more stuff uh, for the cops who are in need around the country this time around. Uh, it'll kick off here in the fall. Uh, once once we fully leave summertime, uh, I'm going to start it in about October and then uh, announce winners there in uh, November, uh, probably before Thanksgiving is the timeline that I'm going for. So that way uh, you can get all your goodies, the three of you that, that win. Uh, and, uh, if you want me to freaking throw in some wrapping paper in there and you can put them under your tree, all good. If you just want to, uh, uh, crack them open when you get them even better, austere tack meds in, I know I, a bunch of people, uh, Troy Vano out in Virginia beach is going to help up as well or help out, excuse me, as well. I a whole ton of people that, that I, I'm hoping to, uh, to have join in on, on the good cops giveaway, the, the whole plan for, and the point behind the giveaway is for the for those officers, uh, deputies, uh, stateies, who if you work for an agency that simply cannot afford to give you the necessary equipment you need to conduct your job, or or to at least make you that much more effective, you are the person who I'm looking for to to put in for this giveaway. Uh, Scuba Voyage, count us in. Hell yeah, brother! I appreciate it. Uh, I just said hell yeah, brother, like I drive a '77 fucking Pontiac, um, but. <laughs> But uh, hey, hey, you know what? Maybe I will go get a 77 Pontiac <laughs> just, oh, yeah. just to fill, I'll grow a mullet out, too. It'll be great. Um, uh, you so, gotta get, we got to get to that deputy one time to do that. He's got the voice. Oh, because, man. Uh, and his, his psycho surfer WWE. days. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, those of you listening in, go go scroll your way on back through deputy one time. Uh, his Instagram feed and, and find his uh, what he calls his psycho surfer days when he was long blonde hair like thor and and was doing uh uc narcops pretty bad ass more to come from yeah. the modern cop podcast thank you all so much for tuning in stay safe and i'll see you on the road okay,